This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, and you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Today, we're talking to seven of the semifinalists of the Penn Wharton Entrepreneurship Startup Challenge. I'm very lucky to be joined now in our virtual studio by Kyler Minta and Ransford Antwi. Kyler and Ransford, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us, Carl. Very excited to be here. All right. Now, you guys are the are the founders of Silk Blue Technology. Kyler, uh, kick us off and give us the elevator pitch for Silk Blue. Sure. Thanks, Carl. Um, so, first of all, we are Silk Blue Technologies, uh, also referred to as Silk Blue Wi-Fi, and we are building a free and public Wi-Fi system for emerging market settings that benefit both the provisioner and the user who connects to the Wi-Fi through valuable consumer insights. Uh, we identify two key problems in frontier market settings that we would, are addressing through our product. One is the lack of free-for-use and widespread public Wi-Fi, the likes of which seen in nations like the U.S. Two, the need for reliable and dynamic data sources that will play a role in guiding the tremendous growth that these frontier market countries have been projected for and have been displaying. The so Blue Wi-Fi will address both these problems through incentivizing venues to provide free Wi-Fi uh, through which they will benefit from empowering analytics that will ultimately benefit society at large. All right. So one quick follow-up question, Kyler, which is, what would, for our listeners who don't know that terminology, when you say frontier markets, give us an example and tell us how that's defined. Absolutely, Carl. So frontier markets, uh, also uh, referred to as emerging markets, they have very technical definitions, but the way in which we are using the terms is to connote countries who are seen as burgeoning and growing. Uh, our specific market is sub-Saharan Africa. There are other countries as well in India who, in Asia, who would be included as well in that definition. Uh, by way of our definition, we're referring to sub-Saharan African countries. Okay, great. That's helpful. All right, Ransford, can you? You guys are are based in Philadelphia. How'd you get? How'd you get into this? Yeah, that that's a great question. So this idea came about at the beginning of our senior year. So we're all seniors now. And at the end of my junior year, I took part in this Penn program called the Penn Wards in India Entrepreneurship Fellows Program, where you go to India uh, and basically learn about the startup ecosystem there. And um, I was there for two weeks, but then I was amazed at how India was able to boost its economy through widespread connectivity and how, you know, there are a lot of startups that were able to thrive on the widespread availability of Internet. So that's got me excited about Internet connectivity in general. And then in parallel, during that same summer, Kyle and Al, our other co-founder, were working on a machine learning research project in Ghana. And throughout this project, you know, it was very well received by various stakeholders, including a local university there. However, the project ceased due to a lack of relevant data sets. So they had all this great trackway, they had this great headway, but then due to a lack of relevant data sets, they couldn't proceed with the project. And we sort of merged these two ideas, the idea of how widespread connectivity can boost the country's economy and how lack of data sets inhibits innovation to form Silk Blue Wi-Fi. All right. So, Kyler, I understand you guys are, are still fair, fairly early on, but I, but I wonder, you perceive an opportunity like that, but you do have this challenge that you're not actually in the target market day to day. 
Um, and so how do you navigate that? You've recognized this opportunity. Your students at Penn, you want to do something in, in Ghana. H how do you manage that challenge? Yeah, uh, Carl, that's a great question. Uh, firstly, I'll start off by saying um, we all do have uh, some international backgrounds as well. Um, so specifically with our team members, uh, Joseph Iwazik, Kieran Joseph, and Eliza Culp, our other teammates who aren't on the call today, uh, we've all had international experience working remotely as well in other markets, and we're using that to our advantage here. Um, over winter break, Ramsford took a trip actually to Ghana to do some uh, further scouting and preliminary research for us. That was very helpful in terms of uh, being in the market a bit when we had the opportunity. Um, otherwise, through Penn-sponsored programs such as APOC, Appropriate Point of Care Diagnostics, through Penn Engineering, Eliza and I were able to be in Ghana for some time and do some market research ahead of actually forming this idea, as Ratchet mentioned. So we had those experiences to lean on, but we also had contacts uh, that we could lean on as well uh, for further insights and further progress that we made um, uh, as well. So that was very helpful to us. Obviously, being in Philadelphia um, is a limiting factor in some respects, but Penn has enabled us to reach into uh, Ghana specifically and actually have some sort of uh, footing there, even though we're remote. Yeah. So, Ransford, to a naive observer, and I count myself a naive observer, I would think Wi-Fi is a general purpose technology, sort of an enabling platform. How much does it vary region to region? Is this simply a case of taking something that's well developed in, in other markets and simply deploying it in a frontier market? Or yeah, is that's there something a great... unique? Is there something unique to frontier markets or unique to Ghana? Yeah, that, that's a great point. So, um, as part of my summer project in India, in general, I've done a lot of research into the internet connectivity space. And in the West, the price of connectivity, so the price per bandwidth, is much lower than in many parts of Sub-Saharan Africa, due to just how the fiber rings are laid out and how the global internet supply chain is laid out. And then this summer. Um, Kyla worked at Google and he worked in the connectivity lab. And through that, he was able to have conversations with people who worked on the Google team that actually implemented fiber rings in Accra and many parts of sub-Saharan Africa. So the infrastructure in itself, the actual fiber technology is a new, it's something that's, that's new in these regions. So it's just been laid out. So then what, what is needed is what we call last mile connectivity. So last mile connectivity are the ISPs that provide the internet direct to the consumers. And this is what's lacking in many parts of these regions. Okay, so let me see, Kyler, I'm gonna feed that back to you. And since it sounds like you were involved sure. in some of the formation of the technology. So as I understand it, there there's some disequilibrium because there's this newly installed infrastructure. You guys aren't laying fiber, but you would exploit the, the, the emerging existence of this fiber. What, what do you actually have to do to be able to deliver this service? Correct, uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, as Rashford said, we would love to be a last mile focused company. And by that we mean we would actually be hotspotting people. So in terms of what we would actually have to do, and what we're planning on doing is actually working with ISPs and telcos that we could receive contracts with them um, to actually provide this uh, infrastructure in some of our locations. Uh, we have two terminologies by way of our, our business model that are important to understand. One is on-location client. So those are the actual venues where we'll be providing this Wi-Fi. The other is off-location clients. That leads into the data insights that maybe we can touch on. But 
these on-location clients will work with us to actually have these fiber-to-premises connections made where there are not, if there are not. And that will be done through companies such as C-Squared, which is um, a, a company that spun out of Google that deals with actually laying the fiber. And they do something called FTTP, which is fiber-to-premises. So we'll be taking advantage of those types of par- partnerships to actually bring the connectivity to these properties. Mm-hmm. All right, R- Ransford, I... I... I can imagine there are two very different challenges here. One is doing the deals with the venues and the other is having owning the end customer relationship. And it isn't always the case that the same company can do both well. Are, are you planning to do both or are you planning to focus primarily on the venue and let them market the service to the to the end customer? So we are, to the we actual are planning user. on. Yeah, she, we're planning on doing both in a way. So the first step is to convince the venue that. So this is this is like our ultimate question: to convince the venue that the cost of actually providing this Wi-Fi infrastructure would be offset by the benefits they gain by having this Wi-Fi work for them. And then in the second phase, the end user benefits by having a free Wi-Fi to connect to. And just uh, mm-hmm. something that's uh, important to mention is that obviously here in the West, people most people have unlimited data plans on your mobile phones and mobile devices. But in these regions, there's something called the minute model where you pay per gigabyte, you pay per 10 gigabytes. So people are very conscious of your internet bandwidth and don't yeah. generally use it out and, out and about in public. So having this free public and accessible Wi-Fi will definitely incentivize, um, it's an easy way for them to get connectivity. Okay. Well, we just have time for... One more question, but I want to turn it to you, Kyler. This is a effectively a startup challenge, a business challenge. And what what's the business opportunity here? Is this an instance where there is a real big substantial business to be had in in the frontier market, or not so much? Carl, that's that's a great great question, and it's something that really motivates us because. Uh, we would definitively say that there is a huge opportunity in these markets. Um, there's plenty of activity going on in the continent right now. Too many startups to name. Uh, I'll mention a few compar- comparables. Um, one is uh, Zipline Drones, who you may have heard of in the news. Uh, I've, had the I've had them on the show. I've had I've had them on the show twice. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> That's amazing. They're, they're, I, yeah. they're literally yeah. um, inspirations for us because obviously they're a company that's based in San Francisco and is doing tremendous work on the African continent in Rwanda and Ghana as well. Um, there are other fledgling entrepreneurs who are also doing great work. I'll, I'll mention one, Odas Nakeshimana at MIT, who's a Rwandan doing a startup using AI and medical imaging. Um, his startup is called Incitive.ai, for anybody interested. Um, but these are a few examples of people who are doing great work in high-tech spaces that um, will be of tremendous impact to consumers in these markets. They recognize the market opportunity, so do we. Uh, specifically for our product offering, being Wi-Fi, uh, we understand that there's a lot of untapped consumer insights in these regions that are projected for massive scale in the coming decades. Uh, Ghana, for example, has been uh, highlighted by the IMF to be one of the world's fastest-growing economies. If I'm not mistaken, in 2019, it was it was exactly that. So people want to know more about consumers in these regions. We feel that by leveraging a model in which you can gain these consumer insights and society still benefits would be highly beneficial and impactful for everybody involved. All right. Great. All right. Well, we're out of time, but Ransford, just wrap it up by telling us how can our listeners follow your success? How do they how do they stay in touch with you guys? 
Thanks for the opportunity, Carl. So we have a website, www.silkweed.com slash Wi-Fi. And you can email us at info, that is I-N-F-O at SilkBlue, S-I-L-K-B-L-U.com. And you can follow right. me on LinkedIn as well if you want to. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much, uh, Kyler and Rance, for, for joining us. And good luck in the competition. Thank you so much, Carl. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.